Stocks Up with Ryan Smith, the official podcast for the Queensland Reds. Welcome back to the latest episode of Socks Up with me, Ryan Smith. As always, we're proud to partner with Triple M to produce this podcast, which is designed to take you behind the scenes at the Queensland Reds with all the hottest news, hottest guests and hottest takes, including finding out who really does need to pull their socks up. Every week, I'm joined by a special guest and my mate, Pete Fairburn. How are you, Pete? Mate, I'm up and about. I'm feeling good. I actually beat you in here for the first time and bought you a coffee for once. Uh, it's only taken five episodes. Wet the bed. I wet the bed this morning. <laughs> Something I'm usually like the that. first one in here. That's it. No, mate, feeling good. Uh, excited about getting back to Suncorp this weekend and uh, watching you boys take on the Western Force and Super Rugby Cultural Round after a bye last week. And the week before that, you guys headed over to Samoa to take on Moana Pacifica. Talk me through that experience. Yeah, it was it was an awesome trip. Um, we got the charter flight over with a few of the big dogs from the from the board of the Reds and um, a few other, other guests. So, yeah, it was a cool trip. Got uh, touched down in Vanuatu, so got a little bit of a view there. weren't allowed out of our seats, but um, sat down and got a bit of fuel there, and then flew through into Samoa. And it was yeah, a, it was absolutely beautiful scenes as we landed, and yeah, the people over there are just amazing and really welcoming. Um, stopped uh, stopped on our trip. You know, it was about a forty five minute bus ride from the airport to where we were staying, and uh, it was pretty cool. Richie Asiata's family um, had a big sign up, and um, we pulled off and got off the bus and had some bloody coconuts and um yeah it was it was awesome and uh it was cool to experience that and it was would have been really cool for Richie too to see a lot of his family he probably hasn't seen for quite a while and got into the hotel and it was a big day of travel and then played the next day and it was stinking hot and walking around just uh from our room to the team room had sweat dripping off Wilso wore a grey shirt which was a bit of a rookie error he was uh, in dark grey about two minutes into the walk and um yeah it was an awesome experience and um a great game in the end. It was a, a really tough one. I, I really found it tough. Played 80 minutes and pretty busted. Um, defense coach got a photo of me just lying down on my on my back for about 10 minutes post game. It was so hot, um, really tough. But um, yeah, the Moana boys are big physical boys and really brought it to us for the full 80. So we um, really had to earn that earn that win. Well, mate, you wouldn't have seen it um, back here watching on Stan Sport. You can get our defence coach, Phil Blake, back a little bit. He looked like he just got out of the shower. He had that much sweat on him when he did a sideline interview. So, mate, no, it was awesome to see you guys head over there. Obviously, Geordie played his 50th game uh, in front of a lot of family in Samoa as well. Was that your first time heading over there? Yeah, first time over there. um, The Pacific Nations are are all really great and welcoming people. I was lucky enough to go to Fiji last year and um, it was a similar sort of vibe. But, um, yeah, the Samoan fans out there, there were were ecstatic and you know we have a lot of Samoan guys in the team you know Seth Fagasi who we've had on the pod um so he had family over there and his brother flew over with him as well so yeah, it was just a really cool couple of days over there and yeah as you say Geordie's Geordie's 50th which is a pretty special moment in the change room and um yeah there's probably about 15 20 of his family in there to pre- present him his cap and um you know they, they were really welcoming and they actually gave us all a little gift and it was it was a really cool experience and yeah loved, loved every minute of it I think all rugby fans are looking forward to seeing Moana Pacifica playing more games in, in Samoa and Tonga. Thanks to Alliance Airlines, of course, for taking the charter over and limited seats still remain on our charter to Townsville in a couple of weeks, but this is not an advertising podcast. We're here to get under the surface. Uh, Smithy, talk us through 
the bye week now. I know we're going to talk a little bit about a bit of a change up to your bye week um, that that's probably saw you spend your time in a bit of a different way in some sense. Um, however, your bye week in general, what's that like for a footy player? How does it allow you to, I guess, refresh and, and prepare for the second half of the season? Yeah, so we still had training on. Uh, so there was training on the Tuesday and on the Wednesday. Uh, so boys could have that bit of a longer break over the weekend, uh, had the Monday off, but uh, still need to do our review and everything like that. Uh, but it's just a really cool opportunity. Obviously, you know, every second week we're, we're away on a tour and then every other week we're, you know, at home, but, you know, we've got a game on the Saturday or, or on the Friday night. So, yeah, it's kind of tough to be able to catch up with friends and family uh, a bit, especially during the season. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a bye week's always just a cool opportunity to be able to spend a bit of extra time with your, with your family and friends. And, yeah, so we obviously got um, a bit of, a few days off there from, from Wednesday all the way through back till Monday. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, we'd, we'd actually had a golf trip booked in. So, uh, myself, Harry Wilson, Harry Hoopert and Lawson Crichton went to the sunny coast and got a few rounds of golf in and yeah, it was a, it was a cool time and the golf was pretty terrible but um, yeah, it was a good experience overall. Hoopert, um, pretty handy with the golf stick in hand. Four brothers boys, which is a nice, uh, we always like a good um, pivot or a tangent uh, to go off on and, and that ties us nicely into today's guest, probably the most requested guest in the history of the Socks Up podcast. Talk me through who's joined us in the Socks Up studio. Yeah, we got Matthew the Pig Fezler, so <laughs> he's probably been talked about more than anyone else on the podcast. Um, yeah, obviously he's um, come off the back of some great seasons at Brothers, got signed into the Reds and you know he just takes it all in his stride and he he seems to be able to compete at whatever level he's at. So he's been rewarded recently, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, it's, it's great to have him. He's a good mate of mine and another brother's boy on the pod. And I think first brother's boy on, on the pod as well, which is amazing. It took us to the fifth episode. That's right. Uh, Matt Fesler has been mentioned in every episode thus far. Uh, 24 years old at the hooker. He joined the Queensland Reds, made his Super Rugby debut in 2022. Comes from Toowoomba and he previously impressed during the NRC with Queensland Country back in 2019. Matt made 12 Super Rugby appearances in his maiden season last year and was selected for Australia A off the back of that. While this year he's started all eight Super Rugby matches for the Queensland Reds, scoring four tries in the process. Earlier this week, the Queensland Reds announced that Matt has re-signed for a further two seasons off the back of attending his first ever Wallabies camp on the Gold Coast last week. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Can't wait to chat. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Good to be here. Uh, you say long-time <clears throat> listener. Um, I think our uh, our technicians here are just going to play back a few audio clips of, of times that Ryan's brought your name up on the podcast so far. Mate, I don't know if I need to hear that. <laughs> we have the one and only Matthew the Pig Fezler. Uh, he's been complaining all week that everyone's calling him Faz, so if you see him, make sure you call him Faz. Getting on our flight, coming back from Canberra, everyone's just settled into their seats, feeling comfortable, getting ready. It's been a, been a sort of long morning at the airport, ready to take off, and the pig stands up and starts stressing, which is nothing out of the usual. He's the biggest <laughs> stresser in the team. Pretty rattled, uh, saying he's lost his AirPods. So he has to make the poor old um, flight attendant lady stop the plane from going. Bloody sit there on the on the tarmac for another 40 minutes as this poor lady has to run the whole way back to security uh, to go and get the pig's airpods that he left behind. So, pig, pull your socks up. Special runner-up to Matthew Fesler for um, making some poor girls move seats on the plane. That was off. 
I know Matthew Fesler, I know we always talk about him on the pod, but he literally wakes up for breakfast, goes back to sleep, wakes up for lunch, goes back to sleep, wakes up for the pre-game meal. That's literally his day on game day, which I have to respect. But, yeah, that's all he does. He gets up for a feed, goes back to sleep, is comes back up. Is that why you nickname him the pig? That is why he's the piglet. <laughs> always sniffing around for something. He's a big pancake specialist too, the pig. He the pancake him. piglet, the maybe. The pancake piglet, that could stick. Let's hope it sticks. Matthew Fesler. In training last week, uh, he got a bit rattled by Vesti at a breakdown and cleaned him dead set 10 metres past the breakdown. Obvious penalty, probably a card for back chat to the ref. And then about two minutes later in the huddle says, don't let them rattle us, boys. And he was just absolutely rattled by Vesti. So, piglet, pancake piglet, pull your socks up. Matt, probably safer me asking this first question than Ryan. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the way that you've been presented um, on Socks Up you know, prior to the opportunity to come on and join the show? Mate, um, whatever sells at market, you know. A uh, few, few of those stories. Um, pork pies, in my opinion. A uh, bit of over-exaggeration going on there a bit. Uh, often compared to Buzz Rothfield as uh, the Mayo King, because uh, Smithy adds a fair bit of Mayo to his yarns. But um, uh, it gets the boys up at training. Everyone, um, whenever we have a home game and the pod gets released, there's always a bit of chit-chat and a few laughs. Um, it's Dane Zander's favourite time of the week when Smithy finds some um, rubbish yarn to throw me under the bus with on the pod. But, um, yeah. It is what it is. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I always send DZ a little... <laughs> just I just send him podcast, pig, and he just sends me 100 laugh-crying faces back. He loves it, which is so good. Mate, after you know a bit of a good season with the um, Reds last year, went down to Randwick, bit of a change-up, dogged brothers. Just a bit of a change of scenery. Always wanted to live uh, near the beach, so I sort of got that opportunity. I ended up living in um, Clovelly, about a 300-metre walk from Clovelly Beach, Coogee Beach, awesome spot. Yeah, really enjoyed my time down there. It was actually quite brief. I moved down there, and about three weeks into that, I got um, an injury cover contract back up here early next year and then um, didn't end up going back down there until post-super season, um, ended up playing a few games. He went reasonably deep into finals, but um, a few close losses sort of meant that we got knocked out a bit earlier than we wanted to, but um, mate, awesome down there. Um, Shoot Shield's a great competition um, and a lot of depth across the competition. Like, um, regardless of who you're playing and where you're playing, um, you've got to be on or you'll get rolled. But yeah, I really enjoyed my time down there. And um, actually, before that, I hadn't really spent much time in Sydney. So initially when I was moving down, it was um, not frightening, but I was a little bit nervous for the move. But um, yeah, loved every minute of it. I know you've coined yourself as the king of the Coogee Pavilion since you <laughs> went down there, so that's good to see you were getting around the social social side of Sydney as well, mate. So, yeah, I'm really proud of you down there, mate. That's good. Um, <laughs> now, nah, how good off, off the back of that as well, mate? We obviously went over to, to Japan and to... Um, Fiji off uh, off the back of that as well. So, um, how'd you enjoy that trip, and, and what'd you take out of it? Obviously, it's just another step up. So, um, playing a test side in Fiji and Fiji was probably my highlight. Yeah, the climate was quite fierce, really humid, um, very hot. Uh, the local Fijian crowd at Latoka, yeah, super vocal, packed out stadium. Um, Fijians obviously a massive physical team. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, great, great trip. Um, pretty similar to that Samoan trip. We just had bloody hot as anything. Played at 12 o'clock in the middle of the day, so yeah, it was pretty crazy. tough conditions out there. 
Yes, obviously that that uh, trip to to Fiji last year, both you guys in that Australia A squad, and then off the back of that last week, you got the opportunity. Uh, you were both selected in Eddie Jones training camp um, ahead of the the Rugby World Cup later this year. For both of you, your first opportunity to join uh, the Wallabies training environment for three days down at Sanctuary Cove. Matt, how was that for you, mate? Uh, a bit of a shock to be honest. So uh, that first squad announcement was um, quite some time before I got that um, phone call for the call up. I think it was just due to um, injury and the fact that I was um, available um, but mate, awesome experience um, the training intensity was at a whole another level obviously you got the best guys in Australia training together so um, the foot speed and the skill sets obviously a lot sharper um, and then the off-field stuff was really good too I uh, got a lot of growth out of um, some of the meetings and um, rugby IP that they were sort of transferring across um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. You talk about, you know, the call-up came a little bit later and, um, you know, a couple of injuries gave you that opportunity. But that being said, when you get in that environment, you, you've got to make every post a winner, don't you, and, and put your best foot forward. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you, you, yeah, you're dead right, mate. You want to put your best foot forward. First, you can't make a first impression twice. So uh, every person you meet, even the boys from other super clubs, you want to be um, nice, open and friendly and sort of get to know guys as quick as you can because that can impact how you train and um, how you perform in meetings as well. Uh, for me, it was I was sitting at Fonzie Abbott on Sunday morning having a coffee with mum and I got a call from a number I didn't have saved in my phone. I was like, I wonder what this is answered it and then yeah that was how I got the news so it was a pretty special moment for mum and myself but um yeah uh, from that point on it was just um thinking about uh what camp would be like and um how I can sort of put my best foot forward in that sense put your best foot forward definitely out there we had a fitness test on that second day and you're coming second came second at the end um out of all the Fords so uh, I think you did an awesome job mate and you're bloody in everything and uh, asking heaps of questions and um, no, it was cool, cool experience to, to be down there with you. It was, it was pretty awesome and yeah, I agree, I did the same thing, phone call from a random number I didn't know, I was a bit rattled, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. sure if it was the right one and I think Pig called me to make sure it was the right thing and yeah. we were discussing what shirts and stuff we were going to wear, we got pretty into it, we were pretty rattled, so <laughs> yeah. both of us get a bit yeah. like that, so that was a cool experience. Obviously, a step closer, um, you know, to, to a dream for both of you guys as well. And um, you know, it's a new Wallabies coach this year, and Eddie Jones. Uh, we don't need to go over his history because I think everyone knows. But it's a clean slate for the Wallabies, and, and going into that camp and putting your best foot forward, you know, th- there's no telling what could come from it. Did you guys have any interactions uh, with Eddie one-on-one or, or as a group, an opportunity to, um, I guess, display uh, your personalities and get to know him? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, as you say, it was a kind of a clean slate. It, it kind of made it a little bit easier going in there knowing that um, all the players were sort of hadn't had that interaction with Eddie or or many of the coaching staff as well. So uh, it seemed like we were all a little bit on the, on the same playing field and sort of starting off, um, you know, without people having been in there for five, ten years with the same coach, you know, it was a nice clean slate. So that was cool. But no, Eddie was really cool. Uh, He's um he's really funny, super funny guy. Uh, got lots of witty little comments and loves to stir everyone up. So he sort of walks in a room and it goes pretty quiet because guys are nervous. But um yeah, he's just cracking jokes and um yeah, there was one fella sitting at our table on the corporate night wearing a a Rebels Heritage jersey, and Eddie walked over and you know what oh what's that jersey mate? And the fella popped up. Oh, it's the um Rebels Heritage jersey. And Eddie walked up. Rebels Heritage. <laughs> and he just 
turned on his heels and walked away. <laughs> he's, he's pretty witty, but um, no, he's cool. He's got a great vision. And he knows exactly what he wants out of the team and knows what the vision for his team is. And he's pretty um, pretty blunt with it and you know says what he means, and which is it's cool. You know, it's not cryptic or anything. He, he tells you what he wants out of you and what you need to do better. So um, yeah. Yeah, I think sort of what lessened the blow for everyone is it was the first day at school for everyone. It wasn't as if there was a lot of existing people there, comfortable, like furniture. It was, yeah, everyone was sort of a little bit on edge, a little bit nervous. So um, a lot of the guys were sort of happy to um, share how they were feeling to the other players, just going, yeah, look, mate, like it's fear of the unknown. Who knows what's going on with these training camps and how training is going to be structured or whatever. But yeah, so for me, that was the most comforting part of it is that guys who'd been in that system for quite some time were still thinking, oh, yeah, like we don't know what's going to go on here. You talked about the opportunity to meet some of the you know, guys you play super rugby against who, who you didn't really know. Who were you guys rooming with and were there people who you didn't know that well that you've made a connection with or, or likewise people who you know really well from other franchises you got to reconnect with? Uh, my roommate was Alan Alatoa. He's an absolute legend. I actually didn't really know Alan previous to that camp. Um, him and I have spent quite a bit of time together going to brekkies and lunches and stuff together um, and just the little chit-chats that you get whenever you're in the room together, um, it was great. He it, Obviously, he's quite a seasoned wallaby now, very experienced, so um, him being able to share a lot of his knowledge and uh, advice to me was so helpful throughout those couple of days we were there. And yeah, I was with um, Caden Neville, so I'd sort of known him a little bit um, when I was down at the Brumbies for an injury cover. And then, um, yeah, he was in Japan for the Aussie A Tour as well. So cool to rekindle with him. He was doing a fair bit of study. So he had three screens set up in the room at all times, doing assignments and all sorts. And uh, no, he's a, he's a great guy. And we watched a few TV shows together and just had a bit of chit chat. He's a good guy. Lots to learn from the Dern. <laughs> So what does the, uh, you know, obviously return now to Super Rugby and focus on Super Rugby, do you know what level of comms you'll have with that Wallabies set up or how do you, I guess, put your best foot forward for that Wallabies set up while staying really focused on the Reds? I think the focus is the Reds. Um, I think if you play well for your state, then the selections will come. You just need to worry about worry about your own house and, and do everything right. I think thinking too much about that next level is the wrong way to look at it, from, from my opinion. Um, yeah, if, if you stick within your structure and do the best thing for your team, I think that's what what goes on, you know, what goes noticed. You know, that's that's how we sort of get the get picked in the first place. So, yeah, just making sure your own stuff's in order and uh, probably, uh, yeah. We left camp with a few things that the coaches and staff wanted from us, you know, around body comp and, and weight and, um, yeah, a few things around your attack and defence. So, yeah, just, you know, in the back of your mind, maybe work on those, but I think that's more of a, an off-field thing rather than an on-field and, um, yeah, just go about your business. From my perspective, yeah, quite similar to Smithy. Uh, obviously, there's they have coaches and um, crazy amount of resources at their hand, so throughout the remainder of super if you ever sort of need anything they're quite they encourage you to sort of use those resources as much as possible but um yes yeah, smithy's dead right doing your job for queensland and uh, doing your individual role in your team is um the biggest biggest thing i think uh, going forward in selections yeah i think we need to we need to sort of get the red season um you know back back on track a little bit we've sort of probably let the uh, a few close close games that we could have won or probably should have won slip away from us so focusing on just you know those minor details you know discipline has been a big one finishing off our line breaks is another big one we talk about if we can sort of get on top of those and 
you know, instead of having a, a three win, five losses, if we sort of went, you know, six and two or six and three or whatever it is, that's going to go a long way for us. And um, yeah, you know, that the Reds creeping up the ladder in, in the super super rugby ladder um, is only going to do good things for your selection. So yeah, there's, there's no point in thinking outside of that. And, you know, it's the best thing for us. And that's uh, how Maddie managed to re-sign for another two is just focusing on that. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a little plug there. I like that. <laughs> on the new deal. Well, let's talk Queensland Reds, and on the <clears throat> on the topic of re-signing and new deals, uh, exciting news announced this week with Harry Wilson uh, recommitting to the Queensland Reds. Uh, you guys probably got a bit of a tip-off about that uh, up on the sunny coast, but how important is it to have one of our, our figureheads um, you know, re-signing here in Brisbane? Oh, mate, that's the first I've heard of that, so that's uh, <laughs> that's awesome, mate. Haven't haven't heard anything yeah. to to <laughs> other than that. Um, no, nah, that's that's awesome, mate. Obviously, he's a pretty big um, figure in our team, and you know. He's got a wealth of experience behind him. You know, he's got 50, 50 for Queensland, and I think another twelve or so for the for the Wallabies. And you know, he's always um, always putting his hand up for for carries, and you know, he just tackles a house down. He's just a just a big workhorse, big hus. So uh, that's awesome, obviously, um, for the for Queensland and for Australian rugby as well to keep uh, big talent, you know, young talent like that here. It um, should be good for my golf too. I get some extra games in. Yeah, I think uh, off the back of Smithy's point, he's awesome for the team on and off the field. He's obviously a very fierce competitor, so on the training paddock he um, expects high standards of everyone and I think that's a huge component for us going forward um, is that higher training intensity. Uh, but he's also just a great bloke to have around the team. He's been here for quite some time and uh, all the boys love him, so mate, it's awesome to see him lock up another two years. Return to winning ways against Moana, uh, three and five, as you said, and um, you know some really good data and stats coming through. Um, you know, particularly relevant to you guys around the lineout. Um, you know, ranked number one in the competition for for our lineout and, and number two for lineout defence as well. Um, what's clicking so well with the lineout, and why is it operating at such a high level? Yeah, I think we just got a good a good group of guys who are around their knowledge. There's sort of a core group. Um, of us that are you know really detailed which means that there's you know guys maybe a little bit outside of that can always count on it, having a good resource around you know even if it's just a quick question as we're walking into a line out or, or maybe upstairs when we're doing review preview someone to chat through it so I think our standard across the board's really risen um, and then yeah just off the back of Thorny's coaching uh, you know we've focused on just if we have perfect drill you know if the opposition gets up and steals a the ball then, then good on them but if we can you know really um, solidify our drill and you know off the back of um Pig's great throwing as well. It um, it makes it hard to defend against, and yeah, so guys just around their detail, and especially around that you know throw and the detail around your lift and catch and delivery is we're still working on our delivery. Nah, it's just been it's just been great. Matt, on that mate, uh, it's something really easy for um, the armchair critic to look at at hookers and throwing and go, you know, why aren't you hitting 100%? Talk us through uh, the mechanics of throwing on game day, but also how much prep goes into it because you are throwing really well. Yeah, uh, hookers are definitely public enemy number one if the lineout's not functioning well, uh, particularly from, like you said, the armchair critics. Uh, we're the first to blame, that's for sure. Uh, and, and that pressure sometimes does get to you a little bit. Um, I think the biggest thing for hookers is to be practising as much as possible during the week. There's a, bit of, there's a guy in the UK who's a bit of a... Um, 
uh, throwing expertise sort of guy. And uh, his rule of thumb is you want to be doing 95% of your throws during the training week, which equates to about 285 a week if you're doing average 13 to 15 lineouts a game. So yeah, it's a fair bit of throwing and it's a fair bit of time that you dedicate to it. And I'm just fortunate that a lot of the boys at training are happy to get up on the stand and just catch footy for fi- footies for 15 or 20 minutes. Smithy's always the number one guy that I'm sort of grabbing. But um, yeah, off the back of Smithy's uh, technical side of that line out, it's also um, familiarity with your players. So I've sort of known Smithy for probably seven years, played 20s with Rongers and with Blythe. Um, yeah, that like your sort of main line-out guys and main line-out operators I've been throwing line-outs to for quite some time. So I think that sort of plays into it, those combinations that you sort of develop over a few years. And whether it's Smithy calling or Rongers calling or even Blythe, you sort of can almost, when you're coming into the line, kind of guess where they're going to go just off knowing them for that longer period. So that that's sort of quite helpful for me. And I think uh, one of the keys to that success in that area bodes well heading into Saturday with Rongers returning uh, to the team from injury Um, and another guy who gets his opportunity uh, for a potential Super Rugby debut this week is George Blake off the bench. Uh, Smithy, talk us through George Tonga, kind of his his, his prep and, and why he gets the opportunity. Yeah, he's just a he's just a young kid who's keen to learn, and he and he has been for the last you know sort of two and a bit years he's been in, and um, yeah, he's just a he's a big boy. He's sort of been flicked around the front row a little bit, sort of got signed as a hooker, and now he's been sort of pushed to loose head through some good performances with our hookers. So, no, he's just always keen and always puts his hand up and um, throws some big tin around in the gym. I know we we're talking about it episode one that. Uh, Richie stole a, stole a lift off him in the bench. So, uh, mate, he's he's a keen guy. He's a really fierce ball runner. Um, hey, he'll be he'll be great, and he'll take his opportunity with both hands. I think he's touch nervous around it, but um, no, he'll be fine. And uh, he's got a good support group of, of mates that'll I'm sure that will come and uh, watch him this Saturday. Force head into this game Saturday night, uh, 7:35 kickoff at Suncorp Stadium, Super Rugby uh, cultural round. The force head in off the back of a, a really good win against the Highlanders last week, so their confidence will be high. Um, what do you expect from, from a Western Force team who we beat pretty comprehensively back in round two but seem to be um, developing pretty nicely? Yeah, they're, they're under a really good coach there, um, so they're, they're never going to say die, and uh, they've got some really quality players as well. Um, so a lot of guys that we've played against and with, you know, Hamish Stewart, Bryce Hegarty uh, have gone from the Reds to... Uh, Hegarty obviously went overseas route, but, you know, Hamish is straight down there, so we know how those guys sort of like to play, and it's hard and, and tough, so uh, they're going to play the 80 and, you know, 90-minute game if it gets down to that, so, you know, we can take a leaf out of that book and, uh, you know, make sure we play the 80-minute game, but, yeah, I think it's uh, all one off that set piece. They, they definitely um, rely on their line out a fair bit, um, so we'll we'll definitely try and um, target that as much as we can, and um, you know just stick to what the process that we've been doing the last few weeks because it's been working. But yeah, we just have to front up really. Um, we know we've got points in us, but it's just um, sticking to that game plan, which um, you know the coaches and and our sort of game callers and and game leaders have come up with a with a great game plan for this week. So um, just stick within that system and um, you know have faith in the system, and it all should go well for us. Final one on, on kind of club news. Uh, keen to hear from you both on this. Um, last week, head coach Brad Thorne announced that, that he'd be stepping away at the end of this Super Rugby season. Uh, the longest uh, tenure as Queensland Reds coach in the professional era. Uh, I know he's brought a lot of players through the pathways, through 20s, NRC as well. 
How's the squad reacted to that news and, and yourselves personally? For me, he's been um, hugely important in my development and growth over the last few years. Uh, he, he was my 20s coach as well before he progressed into play and uh, so coaching um, Super Rugby. But yeah, Thorny's been awesome to for a, a lot of the guys in the squad and he's had a lot of guys for a, a number of years. Like they're wrong, you're wrongers, you're blathies of the world have had him since they were like eight, 17, 18. But um, I, I, he's definitely left Queensland Rugby in a better place than he found it, I think. Yeah, and for me, you know, he, I probably benefited the most out of having Thorny, you know, around that second row position. So I've constantly every day been getting little bits of gold out of him so yeah I'll definitely miss that and um, yeah he's he's sort of built a, a really good platform for us to to continue our growth as professionals and um, I think everyone's pretty should be pretty grateful that they've even you know got to spend one year let alone six years with him so yeah, he's been fantastic and you know even this year he's changed a few little bits around our line out D and how that works into our trainings and as you say it's um, pushed us up to you know second best D in the comp at the moment so mate he's just constantly he's been evolving and you know, constantly working hard and yeah, he loves the boys which is great you know he loves every one of the players and really cares about you and is, you know, sort of always ask you, you know, how you, how's your missus going and, and how are you going? So, yeah, he really cares about guys. So, um, yeah, you know, if we get a, a, another coach that, you know, cares about us half as much as that, we'll be in a good spot for next year. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely miss the big fella. Yeah, and for us, a few a huge thing is the year's not over yet. So uh, for me and a few and everyone else, we're we're keen on sending sending him off on a high. So we want to go into finals as deep as we can. Hopefully, chase that cup. Um, and yeah, doing that with Thorny would be special. Piglet, a proud Toowoomba man, made your way down the range to Brothers. Um, How did you find that? And, and, you know, was that a a move just purely for your rugby pedigree or was that a sort of family family move or just keen to get into Brizzy? What what was the move for? Yeah, I had a bit of interest from um, Reds in terms of their 20s program. So pretty much first week after schoolies. uh, Shout out to schoolies, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, First week after schoolies, uh, straight, straight to Brizzy. My brother was actually going overseas for six months. And um, so his room freed up and I moved into his room while he was gone and pretty much just got straight stuck into training, trained most of December and then uh, uh, went to Brothers. Hoops was at Brothers and um, Carl Marshall, who coached me through a bit of schoolboy stuff, was the head coach of Brothers at the time. So I sort of met with him and um, Brothers seemed like a great fit for me and then ended up playing what the, the next sort of five years there, which is where I came across you and uh, a few of the other Brotown boys, which is great. Uh, love it down there. Um, I try and get down there once a week for trainings just to sort of talk with a few of the boys. I'm really good mates with um, Tim McKellar as well, who's the manager. So he's there as well. So catch up with those guys. Um, five years there, uh, did a little stint at the Wicks, um, came back into Super. Yeah, that's sort of like the crash course in my last the word, years. The word on the street is that you got the early heads up that Eddie Jones was coming back. That's why you went down, <laughs> to, down to the Wicks. Um, no, we've already sort of talked around that uh, that sort of stuff. What Outside of, of, you know, brothers getting down there and um, obviously you're in, you're at the gym every every couple of days as well, clearly. Uh, what, what else, what's your interest outside of rugby, you know? Is, is there any interest in studying? Uh, I know previous to rugby you actually worked for Tim McKellar doing a bit of construction stuff is that an interest post rugby or or is there something else you know since that you've maybe getting into a podcast or something like that I'm actually finding it quite comfy in the studio right now so the potty (laughs) game might be for me boys but uh, 
No, honestly, haven't. It's un- I've only been in the professional rugby game for about 14 months, so I'm sort of trying to just stay in the moment. Obviously, I do need to plan ahead for um, what I'm going to do career-wise post-footy, and I probably think that um, I'm not speaking alone in the sense that a lot of rugby players, I do think, um, probably don't plan ahead as well as they should have. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite conscious of that. Um, but at the moment, I'm just trying to... Um, sort of stay where I'm standing and just enjoy every moment. But yeah, in terms of hobbies outside of footy, uh, I used to have a fair, a fair wedge at golf. I might have to get back into it. Haven't had a swing in quite a while though, so I'll probably be grinding at the range instead of playing with you boys to so just avoid getting bullied. Um, <laughs> but yeah, also love my camping. Obviously go camping a bit with you guys and the likes of James Brisky and Lawson Crichton. Sort of go, head up to DI whenever we can. Uh, and then yeah, just spending time with family and friends, mate. Don't, don't, also, don't mind watching a bit of Netflix for your TV series. Gutted that Kevin Costner's pulled the pin on Yellowstone. <laughs> that was my jam, but uh, yeah. Shout out to Stan there. Yeah. No, mate, there's always a spot for you at the Royal and Agricultural Sandgate Golf Club, mate. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be happy to have you up that way. You um, Go track. Plenty Go of track. hackers up that way. So. <laughs> Just around your rugby-specific stuff, mate, obviously you talked around getting into that Wallabies camp. What what are your sort of maybe goals for, the, for just this season with the Reds and, and what are your goals beyond this season continuing to sort of just play the way I'm playing and um, know that my my initial role in that team is uh, set piece first and anything on top of that's a bonus um, probably keen on just in a few defensive tweaks in terms of how I've been playing there uh, but yeah just um, playing it, it it's very cliche and I'm sure everyone would say it but honestly just focusing on um, putting in good performances for Queensland. I think if you think too far ahead then and you're not in the moment, then you're probably not going to play as well as you possibly can. Uh, so, yeah. Going to a you know GPS school, I know you started out at Downlands and then switched over to, to Grammar there in Toowoomba. What sort of uh, effect do you think that had on your on your footy? Were you also playing a bit of club footy when you're up in up the top there, or um, do you know sort of put that love of footy and and you know your progression is at a bit of a younger age? You put that down to that GPS program and playing against quality guys week in week out. Yeah, definitely. It, it was an, it, quite a controversial decision at the time. I was playing first at Downlands and then moved across the grammar, so I probably lost a fair few mates in the process. And um, yeah, the the sledges when um, grammar played Downlands were um, probably not play on for schoolboy level, I'd say. Schooling wise, uh, TGS was great for me. Uh, I wouldn't change that decision ever. But yeah, it, I, th- I think definitely the quality of coaching in particular, um, Dave Infanti, who's now the director of rugby there, he was my uh, head coach for first at Grammar. He was great for me. Um, him and I still chat occasionally and catch up if I'm into him or whatever. Um, but yeah, just the technical side that he sharpened me up with and then sort of ended up getting a nod for a few of those school board teams and stuff. And I think that definitely sort of changed my trajectory a little bit in a rugby sense. Yeah, um, for sure. I think uh, you've talked to me before about Thorny and Squab making the trip up top to talk to you when you were still at school. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, that, and that was sort of the, the 20s sort of discussion that we were having. Um, and, yeah, I ended up playing a pretty decent game against BBC in year 12. And, um, a few tries, I hear. Uh, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and Thorny and Squab were both at that game and sort of that's kind of what led me here, I guess. Well, every week we check in with our BuildCorp Super W program, uh, the Queensland Reds, and we have been catching up with Brianna Cheatham a lot. 
the cheetah. Uh, but this week we thought we'd we'd feed the backs and have a chat to Ivania Wong, the superstar from the left wing on the weekend just gone. Vani, welcome to the Socks Up podcast. I know you're a little bit nervous, but it's great to have you on the pod. Uh, have you been listening in? How do you find the show? Yeah, no, I listen in every week. Um, Smilly's doing a really good job and, um, yeah, Good. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Um, neither, huge, neither. <laughs> huge result on the weekend um, against Fijiana Drua down at West's Rugby Club. Uh, you guys must be pleased to be through the regular season um, and, and headed for the finals now. Uh, yeah, we're really happy with the outcome that we um, got on the weekend. As we always knew, it was going to be tough, but we had a really good crowd there down at West, um, playing in front of family and friends against a strong Fijiana Drua side, yeah. So how were they uh, as a team to play and how do you guys think that you uh, matched up against them? The first half, it was a bit messy. We always knew going into a game like Fijiana, their offload game is strong. I think they um, exposed our defensive line a bit there with just their offloads. And yeah, just big bodies we had to try and tackle now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously this weekend going in against the, the Brumbies. Uh, I know you guys played them only a few weeks ago and your game kind of got uh, delayed a little bit because of the weather uh, just yeah. after half time there. So, uh, you know, they, they you guys got out to a strong start in that game. They sort of came back a bit. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good game in the end. Uh, what sort of changed after that game? Did you sort of change your, your preview for them? And is there any bit of a game plan change going into this weekend? Not really. We don't really want to change too much of our game of how we've been playing lately. I think if anything, we just have to do the simple things right and um, execute. Vani Alana and uh, and Helena came into the team on the weekend and, and both had a massive impact. Both found the try line. It must be good to see the depth building amongst the squad. Uh, yeah, we're really lucky with our backline with the players we've got. Um, if someone, we happen to lose someone, we know we can count on the next people to come in to get the job done for us and I think they slotted in really well and did their job on the weekend. How good and just before we let you go what exactly do you do outside of rugby just to just to get you get to know you a little bit better? I actually work at my rugby club so that's Sunny Bay yeah so that's where I'm at pretty much 24-7. <laughs> yeah how good uh, rugby rugby all over your life that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> No, how good. Thanks, Viney. Great to chat to you and um, we might get you on in a future podcast. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Viney. See you later. Now, every week on the Socks Up podcast, we look to do exactly that and uh, point out someone in the team that needs to have their socks up. Can't exactly stitch up the pig this week because he's sitting right next to me, so I'm actually going to throw it to the pig. Uh, mate, have you got anyone that needs to pull their socks up? Yeah, so I've actually got two in mind. Initially, you'd be surprised it's not Smithy. The second one, you might get a little mention. Um, the first one is Liam Wrong is Right. So, uh, it, as, as many of you who follow him on socials will know that... Uh, Josh Webb, one of his roommates and one of his closest mates, recently bought a puppy, right? <laughs> you, you, you might be surprised that the puppy's actually not wrongers, it's Webby's. And uh, as you've seen, he's been putting it all over his socials and I'm sure there's a few new, new farm park solo walks with the pup, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure you can understand what sort of tra uh, what traction he's trying to generate there. Um, so, wrongers, mate, we all see through the, uh, we all see through what you're trying to do, mate. Cut it out. Socks up, pull them up. 
Um, and then the second one. So I think a couple of episodes ago, uh, Smithy mentioned about me cleaning Connor Vest out of a ruck, so a ridiculous distance. Obviously, that distance is rounded up, but um, it, it may surprise some of the listeners that um, in that exact same session, Ryan Smith clotheslined Taj Annan during uh, 15 on 15. Follow, following off this, both Tate McDermott and Rongers chipped him about it and then he had a little meltdown and we go back for a kickoff receipt and <laughs> Blakey's on the sideline and Blakey goes, Smithy, what are you doing, mate? Gives him a bit of a spray. Smithy then proceeds to have a meltdown, throw the toys out of the cot as if he's five years <laughs> old and he's just been hit by his parents. So, yeah, Smithy, pull your socks up, bro. All right, Piglet, as we've done every episode... Ten short, sharp questions. Try not to think too much, uh, even though that's your bloody specialty. Here we go. Number one, what would you be doing if you didn't play rugby for a living? Uh, probably something to do with the construction game, like you mentioned earlier. White card. <laughs> Next Reds player to make their Wallabies debut? Everyone's been mentioning uh, Josh Fluke, but um, I'd probably say, let's just go out of, out of the box and go maybe Ryan Smith. Oh, I would just wish you said myself. That would have been gun. <laughs> Number three, best player you've played with? For me, it's got to be Nella, particularly last year um, and just even when I played with him in club at Brothers. Um, it's just an absolute luxury as a hooker to be able to look at your tight head and just go, let's generate a pen here. <laughs> yeah. or, or look at your number eight and go keep it in, then look at Nella and just raise your eyebrows and he just goes to work. So <laughs> for me, it's definitely Nella. And the best player you've played against? I'd say Bodie Barrett. Buddy Barrett just has so much time. Like he's, it, it seems like when you play him, he's just a step ahead. He's like looking for things that I think generically other tens probably aren't looking at, and um, he's just got deadening pace on top of that skill set and um, and the head on him. Yeah, it's crazy for sure. Best and worst fashion sense at the Reds? Probably I, I want to go Seth or Kalani. They're they're fresh, man. Skux. They love their sneakers. Skux, yeah, guys. yeah, Skucks the Lux. Um, worst dress. Would be would be battling it out between wrongers, but uh, special mention to Wilso. Yeah, Wilso's just footy shorts, thongs, or RMs and a polo. Like you got to spice it up, mate. Come on, common answer. Yeah, get that sneaky game going or something. <laughs> and uh, new one for the week: most intelligent teammate, and who should stick to footy? Most intelligent teammate would probably be I reckon wrongers. Uh, from my understanding, he's quite book smart. Did did quite well at school. Uh, Studying, yeah, I think probably wrongers. I think he can read and write in Arabic. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what some of his line out sketches come through, like. And uh, chuck him into Google Translate. And who should stick to footy? Dan Zander. Oh no, dizzy. Make them maximise that career, brother. Oh my god, <laughs> he's nearly finished one uh, A of his TAFE. All right, who should never be allowed to choose the music in the gym and why? Connor Vest, get off Bluetooth. And uh, and he always volunteers for it too, but then he just, oh, mate. he just, wa- I think he walks in early and connects before anyone's even in the gym yet. Yeah, just bring headphones, pal. Yeah. Three dream dinner guests. So I'm going to go with um, Phil Jackson, the coach of the um, Bulls, hectic Bulls team that won, I think, five rings. On his Bulls. Theo Vaughn. Yeah, there'd be plenty of laughs at that dinner table. And I think I've got to go with a rugby guy, so I'm probably going to go with Richie McCaw. I think picking his brain about um, certain things, trainings, uh, some hectic games he's played in. He'd nearly go down in history as one of the best players ever to play the game. So, yeah, I think those three would be a nice balance. Theo would spice it up a bit. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Your favourite movie ever? 
lock, stock and two smoking barrels. I'm a big Guy Ritchie man, so is, so is my old man. Um, half of my, half of dad and my chat on the phone is just uh, lock, stock, one-liners to each other, <laughs> just constantly. So, yeah, that would probably definitely be my favourite movie. Shout out, Craig-o. Yeah. And, mate, finally, your death row meal. So an entree, main, dessert and a drink. Entree, we're going a dozen oysters. Love my oysters. Main, we're going with a something, some some sort of dry aged steak. I think, yeah, get a bit fancy, uh, and then not much of a dessert man, but maybe just like a uh, apple pie custard sort yeah. of number uh, drink. You just, it's your last drink ever. It's probably going to be a beer. That wraps us up for this episode of Socks Up. Big shout out to the pig. You've been a great sport, mate, and uh, great to chat. And thanks as always to Pete. Uh, you're a legend, mate. Keep it classy. Mate, I think uh, there's a, a new pod uh, feel to this. Smithy and the Pig 2024. Watch this space. That has a bit of a ring to it, not going to lie. <laughs> we'll see how we go. We'll see if we've got the budget to keep paying you. Just rock up every week. When I start getting paid for all the shout outs I get each week, uh, yeah, I don't think there'll be much left over. So. But yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been awesome. Uh, maybe probably don't throw me under the bus next week. Yeah, can't, no promises. <laughs> As always, we're excited to be back at Suncorp this Saturday night against the Force. Get your tickets at reds.rugby. And thanks as always for tuning into the pod. Uh, We'll catch you on the next episode.